everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and, and screaming. Somebody talk to me. What is happening? And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 297th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we're going to discuss some of the most recent news surrounding the Jurassic franchise. There's been a few things uh, that have popped up recently. Conservaro is back on social media talking about Jurassic World Dominion. We've got a fun fan film to take a look at. We've got some some snowfall in, in Jurassic World. That, that's fun. Not very newsworthy, but I wanted to talk about it anyway. Uh, we've got some Camp Cretaceous conversation coming your way and uh, I am very excited by all the stuff that's popping up uh, in regards to that show hopefully some more soon but that 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 probably wraps it up for the news this week but uh, that's it we're taking it nice and easy here this week we're gonna relax take our time talk about Jurassic and uh, hopefully give ourselves a breather after our last uh, very very intense Halloween episode that popped up recently and then what's to come in the future there's definitely bound to be so much content coming your way here on the podcast in the coming weeks and months and uh, over the next year. So it's going to be crazy. But before we get started, I'd like to take care of some quick business. So I just mentioned it. I, I hope you guys had a chance to listen to our Halloween episode. It was so, so, so much fun. And look, Halloween's over, but that does not mean that uh, the spooky season has to end. You know, it doesn't have to end. Uh, you know, you can go back and listen to that episode. It's always going to be on the feed, and we'd really appreciate it. I don't know if you skipped over it. Maybe you didn't see it in time or something like that. But look, it's a very fun episode. Tom Jurassic created a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful segment uh, about a bunch of fishermen going out and encountering... You know, the Mosasaurus out in the out in the open water, and it was uh, it was a very intense story. So please go check that one out. We also had a lovely segment of Jurassic tracks from Caleb Burnett, and he took a look at one of the spookiest tracks on the Fallen Kingdom soundtrack. So please, please go check out that that segment. The production value was just through the roof. Thank you so much, Caleb. And then also, I did a segment where. Um, we kind of did a uh, Jurassic Park take on uh, Halloween Horror Nights where myself and two friends go out to, to visit the haunted houses down in Orlando to see what, what's going on at Horror Nights. And, it's, and, you know, from the story, it sounds like things are not very good. And then all of a sudden, things get pretty good. So hopefully you enjoyed that story because it was a, a very uh, intense dinosaur attack. And of course, we can't help but mention, you know, when we're talking about this this Halloween episode, we can't help but mention the fact that I didn't even get to, to host a thing. I was supposed to host the episode, and then Beetlejuice... I, should, I really shouldn't be saying that so loud, and definitely not two more times. He came in, he came into the studio, 
threw me over in the corner and hosted the entire episode himself. Well, I guess I gotta say thanks, because I think he did a good job at hosting the episode. It's just not the way I would have done it. But anyway, it was a very fun episode. Beetlejuice... Uh-oh. Uh, I keep I keep saying it, and I don't mean to say it. He hosted the whole thing, and it took over and tried to, like, con the audience into, like, calling his name three times, which I... I keep almost doing myself here, so hopefully we don't say it anymore, because we're not doing that again. Uh, but that was a very, very fun episode, so please go back, check that one out. And there's my watch, apparently I hit all my rings. Uh, so please go listen to that episode. It was a very, very fun time. And then we also had a ton of other stuff happening over the past week. I'm not sure if you noticed, but the one and only Tom Jurassic had a chance to play Jurassic World Evolution 2. He got the uh, the opportunity to play it a little bit early. Thank you so much to Frontier for making that possible. Uh, so he's been playing uh, the deluxe edition of Jurassic World Evolution 2 on his, uh, I think it was an Xbox One. Um, but anyway, uh, he had a chance to play early and uh, created a ton of content that is honestly still ongoing so so continually check out more uh on our youtube or our website but for now if you go over to our website he he wrote up two great articles uh one of which is a look at the deluxe edition so you can kind of see what is involved in the deluxe edition check out the, the the vehicle skins the dinosaurs stuff like that and he also did a uh a close-up look with a bunch of screenshots of just the the entirety of that game and uh it's it's very very cool seeing how beautiful you know this game really is in different settings so in that article he has a ton of, of photos of different dinosaurs and uh there's some buildings and vehicles and stuff like that and it is you know i i have not had a chance to play it but i i think it looks beautiful i know it doesn't drastically look much different than you know the previous iteration but i think with these new dinosaurs and uh and the old ones set against these new backdrops and everything and some different uh story elements and gameplay modes and things like that it really does look like a very fun addition to the jurassic franchise and if you do want to learn more about the game not only do we have those two great articles but if you head over to our youtube channel you will find a plethora of, of videos here for you. So, uh, starting at the the main event, we did have a full uh, review of Jurassic World Evolution 2. So you can actually hear from Tom. There's like a 17 minute video up there if you want to get the ins and outs of that game. Um, and I think he's played all the way through it. Um, I, I know he had some good things to say about it, but also some bad things to say about it. So please go check out that review. Uh, again, we are super grateful no matter how the game turns out to be able to get a chance to play this ahead of time. But um, yeah, definitely check out the review. He also was sent a lovely care package uh, with some Jurassic World Evolution 2 merch. He unboxed the thing. It's a, it's a bunch of like launch goodies. So please go check out that video. Um, and then uh, there, there's a bunch more videos. Uh, there was one more that was like a look at the deluxe edition dinosaurs and uh, some of the vehicles and stuff like that. There's a closer look at the uh, the lagoons that you can create in Jurassic World Evolution 2 and also the aviaries. So there's a bunch of videos up there right now and I have to give it up to Tom. Uh, he, he is working harder than anybody in the community right now to produce content and it is 
it is amazing to see, and I got to give it up to him. And so please go to his social media, Tom underscore Jurassic. Uh, leave him a good line and just say how hard he's been working and just say, like, you know, you appreciate that because I really do. And I think we all should because he's bringing us this amazing content ahead of time. And uh, you just love to see it. So, you know, a big shout out to Tom for all the amazing work he's put in over the past few weeks here. And, uh, you know, going into Camp Cretaceous uh, timeline here, we're going to be continuing on. And Tom's going to be having a lot more work to do. So I hope you're ready, Tom. There's a lot, a lot of work ahead. <laughs> But that wasn't all uh, from YouTube. We, we actually did uh, upload Tom's segment. Uh, speaking of Tom, we uploaded his segment last week um, from the Halloween episode. We uploaded, uh, so far, two walkthroughs of Jurassic World Aftermath Part 2. So Jurassic World Evolution 2 is not the only game uh, content that we've got out there. We've actually got a, a walkthrough of Jurassic World Aftermath Part 2 from B Brent Cappell. So please go check out that. He's got... Um, uh, two parts out there right now one part uh, the first part the second part and the third part will be coming this week So definitely stay tuned for that as well. Uh, it's it's a really really fun game to see uh, In action, so so definitely go check out Brent's work He again is creating some really really fun content for us. So please please go check that out as well and I also did a live stream last week. It was fun. It was finally good to get back to doing the live stream. I know uh, we did a big Halloween live stream. Uh, when was that? October 27th. And uh, and that was so much fun. But I was in a full Mr. DNA costume the whole time. So I couldn't see the computer and I couldn't see everybody. It was like, it was crazy. I don't know how I was hosting this thing under a mask the whole time. But somehow we made it work. But then uh, last week we did a normal live stream back to normal back to the basics talking about jurassic so please go check that out and then again this week we will, we will be doing another let's talk jurassic wednesday night 9 p.m eastern standard time so please uh that's at 9 p.m check that one out we will be having some fun there as well because there's been a lot to talk about so we'll definitely talk about all the fun jurassic stuff that you'll probably hear in this episode but I think that about wraps it up for the intro here, so why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off with a little bit of Jurassic news from around the world. Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. It's day. I it. So first up here in the news, I just wanted to mention a really, really fun fan project uh, that popped up recently. And this is Stegosaurus, a Jurassic Park fan film. Um, and it's over on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing. It's nine minutes long by Barry Wilkinson. And uh, it's really, really brilliant. I think it's a, it's a great, great, really great fan film. And it says here in the description, uh, Stegosaurus is a short family film about children's love of nature and how technology can get in the way of life sometimes. And it, uh, I'm not gonna read the rest because I want you guys to watch the um, watch the thing itself because fan films are fun and you should always ha help support the community in, in fun ways like this. So, so, I mean, I know this thing has been making the rounds everywhere and everybody really seems to love it. So definitely go show your love if you have not seen it already. We will have the link to the video or the video itself in our show notes. So please go check that out. Um, I had a great time watching it. I think like the, um, 
which I talked about it in our live stream this past week as well. But I think the uh, the way it was shot is just such a such a great like homage to Jurassic Park and some of the different uh, camera styles that you see there that Steven Spielberg would use. It, so much of it is is just like a love letter to the Jurassic franchise, and I love it so much. I think it was really really uh, well done. So please. Go check out Stegosaurus, a Jurassic Park fan film, and you can find more information about it in our show notes. Next up here in the news is something very, very interesting that I wanted to take a look at and and just point out to everybody if you have not gotten a chance to see it yet. But uh, out in Universal Studios Beijing, brand new park out there you've probably heard me gush about it before it has its own land jurassic world isla nublar that replicates jurassic world so so very well it's got uh, the iconic gates it's got you know the the major fencing all over the place it has um a mountaintop with a coaster riding through it it's got the innovation center it's got all the you know these major icons that you'd love to see from a jurassic world but it has a brand new addition to the park, and that is snowfall. <laughs> so out in Beijing, it recently snowed, and uh, somebody was out there taking pictures of the park. And by the way, let me mention the Hogsmeade area, which is already themed with snowfall on top of the buildings and all that stuff. To see it, like, in, in Hogwarts Castle covered in snow and and the, the Hogsmeade area covered in snow, it's just so charming and beautiful, something that you just don't get down in Orlando or in California. I don't I don't think it's ever I don't know if it's happened out there, but it is just a beautiful look at a new look at a on a, a familiar place and to see it all out here in Beijing covered in snow and Jurassic World covered in snow is so so beautiful and so different. So different. I know Jurassic World Evolution 2 is coming out and there is snowfall in that game. But to see it in real life is just something something very different that I wanted to showcase here. You know, we are so used to tropical locations and hot, sweltering, you know, sweaty people in, in places and stuff like that. So to see these iconic places like the Innovation Center here covered in snow with palm trees covered in snow, it's just such a different take on the Jurassic franchise. We've got an aviary here an icy windowed aviary uh, aviary sorry uh it's it's beautiful there's a john hammond statue with a dinosaur covered in snow with a little baby snowman next to it uh the mountain is just you know completely covered it's, it's really really beautiful and i know it's snowfall is nothing new to a lot of people and 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 it's just something that's brand new to the jurassic franchise here and uh, we got to get used to it because Jurassic World Dominion looks like it's got a lot of snow. So it's just like a little preamble to what's for what's to come. So I wanted to point it out. So please head to the link in our show notes. And I'm sure I will have the images as well on our website. Next up here, I wanted to uh, talk about a little Instagram and Twitter post here from Colin Trevorrow. And, it, you know, it's been so, so long, I feel like since we've gotten any uh, any content here from Colin Trevorrow, uh, looking at his Instagram, it looks like it's been 17 weeks since his last Jurassic post, uh, which was just a picture of Maisie. And then over on Twitter, I mean, it, it really has been since uh, since about June, I think, when the, uh, the preview footage uh, for Dominion started to roll out. Like, that's been like the last time he's really said anything on Twitter. So it's been a long time, uh, and it's felt weird 
without any kind of communication uh, about what's going on with Jurassic World Dominion and stuff like that. So we finally, finally have a, uh, a new post here from Colin Trevorrow, and it says, Last night we put the last bit of reverb on the last roar. Thanks to Al Nelson, Gwen Whittle, Pete Horner, Chris Boys, and everyone at Skywalker Sound for putting so much heart and soul into our mix for Jurassic World Dominion. It is alive. So there you have it. Uh, this uh, this commentary here was provided alongside a picture of an empty auditorium with uh, the big words, the big letters, F-I-N-I-S-H, spelling out finish, uh, which, uh, which makes me think, hey, I guess Jurassic World Dominion is done. I mean, I think that's what they're trying to say here. Uh, that You know, it's not like a... This post is not necessarily a solid Jurassic World Dominion is done, but uh, I don't so I don't know like you know when it comes to making a film at what point does everything finish I don't know, but this says finish and I'm I'm assuming like they are pretty much done here at this point they're at least done putting the last bit of sound onto the uh, onto the film which probably is uh, is the end of the line here. So they put the last bit of reverb on the last roar. So I'm like, I'm thinking, oh man, is this uh, is this gonna be a mirror situation like uh, like Jurassic World? Is this movie gonna end on a on a roar or something like that, like uh, Jurassic World did with the T-Rex looking out over over her kingdom um, with her final roar there? Is it is it gonna end the same way? I, I mean, that would be amazing. I, I really hope it does. That would be pretty brilliant as well. But uh, looks like the film is probably done here, and uh, we are still so far out. <laughs> it feels like I mean, you know, it, it's gonna be coming out in June. And uh, it's only November here, so we've got a long time to go. And uh, I know at this point in time, we are probably at the earliest looking at a trailer around Thanksgiving. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, everything is ramping up. So, so, you know, right now we just had Jurassic World Aftermath come out recently, part two. Now we've got Jurassic World Evolution, part, uh, Evolution 2 out now. And we're assuming that a Camp Cretaceous trailer is on the way sometime soon because that will be hitting December 3rd. So maybe there's a chance that Jurassic World Dominion gets that Thanksgiving Day trailer out. That would be very, very nice of, of everybody uh, in the production to release that trailer then. Uh, of course, they could just wait until the uh, Super Bowl, which is in February, right? So... You know, right around the corner, anyway, we're going to be getting more and more content here. So I mentioned it in the opening of the show that things are well underway here. And this, with the release of Jurassic World Evolution Part 2, it, it, it definitely feels like the start of uh, the massive, massive campaign that we're about to get. So to see Colin here come back in the midst of all this is very, very nice. So hopefully this is just the start of more and more updates on this film. I am so, so excited. And I think, uh, I think the show here at the podcast is about to get out of control with so much content coming your way. And I'm very, very excited. So if you want to get a look at this, uh, this image here and the commentary from Colin Trevorrow, please head to the link in our show notes. <laughs>
And lastly, here in the news, I wanted to point out the big one, uh, which is Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Season 4 has had some brand new looks here from, uh, from Netflix and uh, from the Deluxe Junior novelization. So, uh, you know, I guess consider this a, a mild, mild uh, spoiler warning if you don't want to know anything. They are official looks from, from Netflix website uh, and their app. And uh, also from this Deluxe Junior novelization, which you could find, like, the link to this on Amazon. So if you want to know more, uh, stick around here and we're going to talk about it. So let's start with the Deluxe Junior novelization. So these have come out um, for every season. And we've got Volume 4 here with the Kentrosaurus facing off against the T-Rex. I don't know what, what that is. This looks like, uh, this T-Rex looks like it's, it's Rexy. It kind of looks like Rexy with a Kentrosaurus, so I don't know if there's some sort of, uh, you know, showcase back on Nublar at all. It does look like Rexy there. We also do have Kenji and Brooklyn and uh, Yaz and uh, Darius and Ben on the cover. No Sammy, interestingly, no Sammy on the cover here. But uh, the, the the most interesting part of the deluxe junior novelization is the center image on the bottom, which is Yaz and Darius with the shadow of the Spinosaurus right there. And this was the first, uh, you know, the first iteration of the Spinosaurus showing up last week. Um, now it's it's against, they're on like a, a grassy background. I don't know if this is some legit, like this is how it's gonna be presented in the show or anything like that. Probably not, this is probably just some artistic interpretation, but they've got the shadow here of the Spinosaurus against them. There's also even better images here coming straight from Netflix. One of which is, uh, is again, the Kentrosaurus um, in the jungle facing off a very different looking T-Rex. So in the novelization, I don't know if they just reused some assets that they had and it was the, the regular, you know, Rexy T-Rex. But um, in the Netflix preview, there's actually a, a very, very different looking T-Rex, very reminiscent of, you know, the big bad bull buck t-rex from uh the lost world jurassic park the one that got out into san diego and returned safely back to the island so it's got scars all over it uh it's got just really bad wounds all over the thing it's it's pretty intense looking but it does it does look like the bull or the or the buck whatever you want to call it and uh interestingly enough it is surrounded by drones so I don't know if this is some, you know, just just uh, you know a, a version here for Netflix, a cover image or something like that. I don't know if this is something that actually takes place, but there's drones all over the place, and that is a very common theme here because there is a second image uh, that's even even better here. It's uh, the kids running away. We do have Sammy this time. All the kids are there, running away in a desert. So they are in that glitch scenario that we saw pop up in the motion poster that they released uh, a few weeks back now. Um, so, you know, I can't say that this is going to be Isa Sorna, but it is a very dusty desert. Looks to be about that same image that we saw. So again, I don't know if this is a moment that's actually going to happen or not, but the kids are running away in this dusty desert from several things. Uh, let's start with the smallest and, and make our way up. We've got more drones. The drones uh, definitely are hinting at a return from Manticore. Um, you know, we, we saw the drones in season one. 
Uh, it popped up again, I think, in season three. I don't know if it was in season two or not. But um, the, the drones are just there to remind us that Manacore is is still out there. And I've been assuming for a while now that Manacore really, really has to make its actual, you know, reveal here in season four. I really feel like that has to be the case. And these drones are really telling us that, yeah, it's probably probably going to be the case here. The drone, if you remember, was the uh, the transportation for the information that was on that thumb drive that Sammy had uh, as she was stealing the information. But uh, so the drones are chasing the kids. There's also some more mechanical instrumentation here. We also have something brand new to the franchise to, uh, you know, it's just reality, I guess. <laughs> and it is a, it's a robot dog. Uh, yeah, a robot dog. I mean, that's what it looks like. It, <laughs> it looks pretty massive, so I don't know if this is one of those Boston Dynamic, you know, robot dogs that you see that terrify everybody. Uh, you know, that's the company that makes those. I guess they that's what they do. I don't know what they do, but they make those robots that, like, do backflips and jump all over the place, and they're always trying to kick them over and they're balancing and uh and they they have dog ones now that have you know that are definitely going to be sent into war scenarios and probably used by police officers and stuff like that so this is another one of those things so this is a, a, a very dangerous looking one it, it's got like jaw infrastructure on its head and it looks like it's about to bite it's got red eyes so that's definitely bad that's bad news uh, the drones, interestingly, have, like, green uh, lighting or yellow lighting on them. And the, the dog thing, robot, which, you know, maybe it's, like, maybe it's supposed to be, like, uh, a tiger or, like, uh, a panther or something like that. But, no, it definitely looks like a dog. I don't know. But uh, it's chasing them down. But, again, that's not the only thing. There's something much, much bigger, and that is the Spinosaurus. Uh, chasing them down, looking as amazing as ever. So the thing is, this this Spinosaurus, 100% is is the Spinosaurus that uh, that we got in toy form recently. So it's not the original Spinosaurus toy that we got from Mattel, the one that uh, is more gray and reddish. This is the tan and white and uh, you know just what what other colors? Where, where do I even have that thing? I guess there are reds on that one, but uh, you know it, it is definitely rem reminiscent of the the newer toy from Mattel. So that's the thing is uh, we you know we discussed this with uh, the people at DreamWorks before, and you know they're like, well, not everything you see in toy form is going to show up in the show, and it's definitely a misdirection because we do have that toy which came out many months ago showing up here which you know is most certainly due to delays and things like that you know the show would have come out a little bit earlier if it weren't due to covid so now we're getting this season probably we would have gotten the toy in the season around the same time frame maybe a little bit earlier with the toy who knows but uh so the thing about the toy is you know i've analyzed that toy for a while and you know we had the original spinosaurus toy which was you know the legacy the Jurassic World Legacy version, which is, you know, in the Legacy toy line, that's supposed to be the one from the film that you know. Um, and I think it's a great toy. It looks really great. But I think 
I really feel like the new incarnation of that toy represents the film version even better. Um, but there's a chance that it's just a brand new Spinosaurus as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it could go either way. I think um, when it comes to Camp Cretaceous's interpretation of the dinosaurs, it very well could be the same one that just looks slightly different. Um, you know, we've seen that with different dinosaurs and things that they don't always look exactly the same as they did in the films. But uh, this would be a, probably one of the most drastic changes if it, if it does turn out that way. So we have two things here. We have, hey, it's, it's the exact same Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3. Or it's a new Spinosaurus that is in a desert. Either way, that's really cool. That's a very cool scenario. If it is the same Spinosaurus, what is it doing in a desert? So before we get into the desert bit, I do want to talk about the Spinosaurus itself and what potentially happened to it, I guess. If we dig into some of the notes from the DPG's website, the Dinosaur Protection Group, uh, there was this little, uh, I don't remember what article this is from. Let me see if there's a title here. Uh, what Killed the Gene Guard Act, written by Zia Rodriguez. Um, and they're talking about the Gene Guard Act and... Uh, that was in 1997. It was this bill that was passed. Um, and there, there's a lot of talk about Dr. Henry Wu and all the the illegal stuff that happened uh, during a certain period of time. But but back in 2015, there was, a, I guess, an inquiry via an anonymous, anonymous hacker um, who published sensitive InGen documents. And uh, they basically talked about Site B here, talking about how um, new species were grown in secret on Isla Sorna. So it sounds like, you know, they were making them right on Isla Sorna, growing them without any kind of uh, oversight. It sounds like, um, you know, uh, they were doing this for early R&D for Jurassic Park's second incarnation, which would have been Jurassic World. And also, they were also doing this for amalgam testing, which... If you look up the word amalgam, if you want to learn a little bit more about it, it, uh, it basically, the definition is here, uh, a mixture or blend. So it's the intention here that uh, as far as uh, the, the documents here from, from, um, from InGen, they're, they're basically saying that this was early R&D for, for Jurassic World, which also included amalgam testing, which is a mixture or blend testing. So they're, they're, they're alluding to, heavily alluding to hybrid testing going on back on Isla Sorna back, um, let's see, 100 days after the company was bought by Mizrani Global, which I don't remember the exact timeline, but uh, that, was a, uh, that was a while ago, I guess. Um, I don't know exactly. Um, but anyway, the new species that were being grown and uh, done illegally here were the Ankylosaurus, the Ceratosaurus, Corythosaurus, and Spinosaurus. So, hinting at maybe there was some amalgam testing, which is heavily implying that there was, uh, which uh, they're heavily implying that it was hybrid testing. I know they're not specifically saying hybrid testing, but that's what they're implying. Um, so it says here that these were all abandoned on site B until surviving animals were reportedly moved to Nublar to be housed as future attractions at Jurassic World. So, 
that's uh, that's the information right there. That um, you know, it says a number of these animals uh, had originally been reported by survivors on a plane, which was the JP3 people. Um, but uh, so they're they're implying that all these animals were abandoned until whoever survived moved to Nublar. So that that doesn't necessarily tell us that the Spinosaurus survived. If it did survive. Maybe they did move it, but maybe it was moved um, at some other, you know, point in time. Maybe, uh, maybe these, some of these other ones were moved to a, a desert facility. That's possible. Now that desert facility, which maybe, maybe I, I don't know that there's a facility in a desert uh, officially, but according to Jurassic World Live Tour, which um, you know toured around for a little while and was also deemed soft cannon by Colin Trevorrow. It did have a desert facility from for InGen, so there's a chance that maybe they moved the Spinosaurus there before, you know, moving anything to Nublar. Uh, so maybe maybe the surviving ones that were still on the island were, were all moved to Nublar, and maybe the Spinosaurus was moved somewhere else, uh, maybe out to the desert, and maybe it looks you know, a little bit different in color now. Maybe it's adapting. Maybe that was part of its uh, amalgam testing. Who knows? But, um, you know, this facility could be a big part of the universe now. I mean, uh, we, like I said, we did see a facility in Chile in uh, the Atacama Desert, which we wrote up a whole article when that, that teaser, uh, little teaser video popped up for Camp Cretaceous Season 4. We, we wrote up about that uh, that facility itself and what it could mean and all that stuff. But now we know that maybe the Spinosaurus is out there. Or maybe it's a completely different facility in a completely different desert. Uh, you know, maybe it has nothing to do with anything we saw in Jurassic World Live Tour. But uh, maybe it's another company that built their own Spinosaurus. That's a possibility too. We just don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see. I did also want to talk about uh, quickly um, this little synopsis that is also on the app. You can see it here if you're looking at the coming soon tab where you'll see that uh, Buck T-Rex with the Kentrosaurus and the drones. You'll also see a little synopsis that says, The campers leave Isla Nublar behind only to wash ashore on a strange new terrain that's crawling with threats and closely guarded secrets. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, we, we know the campers left uh, Isla Nublar behind, but now they're going to wash ashore. Which leads me to believe that uh, they probably will be encountering the Mosasaurus. I think that's uh, fair play right here. You know, the end, somewhat of the ending of these, the last season was, you know, I think it was in the uh, ninth episode is when they encountered that Fallen Kingdom scenario with uh, the, the Mosasaurus and the T-Rex encounter that we saw at the beginning of Fallen Kingdom. So the Mosasaurus would have made its way out into the open water at that point, and then they had episode 10, and then they got off the island. So maybe the Mosasaur was sticking around uh, some safe water there for a little while and encounters this yacht that the kids uh, get off the island with, which means that, uh, you know, there, there could be a, a dinosaur in there still on this boat, so maybe there's this whole, uh, you know, encounter with the Mosasaurus, and they they wash ashore on Isla Sorna. Hopefully, 
or some other island, I guess, or somewhere else. Who knows? Um, it says they only it, only to wash ashore on strange new terrain, which is interesting. I, I'm not sure that you would uh, you would categorize Isla Sorna as strange new terrain. I know the island's different a little bit, but uh, in more recent years, Isla Nublar and Isla Sorna have have begun to blend together. Um, Camp Cretaceous has shown Isla Nublar with redwood forests and stuff like that. So it's got the jungle, it's got the redwoods. Sorna has the jungle, it's got the redwoods. So it's not necessarily strange new terrain. Um, so is there a chance that they wash ashore in a desert area? I don't know, maybe. It just seems weird, I mean, the thing about the Jurassic World franchise is we don't necessarily know a lot about the outside world. So we don't know uh, if there is a lot going on with dinosaurs around the world outside of the parks. We don't know. Um, and we don't know what the um, the knowledge is of the outside world. Like, what does the general public know about the facilities set around the world? I just don't know. So is there a chance that these kids wash up on the mainland somewhere? I guess that's a possibility. With the island being off the coast of Costa Rica, they'd have to really, really wash adrift very, very far. I mean, they could certainly wash ashore in Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Chile, uh, but that's probably about it. Uh, Panama, or they could go up north a little bit towards Mexico, I guess, Guatemala, Nicaragua. But I don't know, I, I feel like they probably wash ashore on Sorna and then eventually make their way out to Chile somehow. I, it seems far-fetched. I don't know how they would get out into the Atacama Desert, but um, I am very, very excited to see how this all plays out very, very soon. So it sounds like we've got a very fun desert scenario coming our way. We've got drones. We've got d d robot dogs. Somehow, I don't know how that's gonna play out. I'm very interested to see. Um, maybe the, it looks like the bull T-Rex is coming our way. Um, and the Spinosaurus, I could not be happier right now. This sounds like it's gonna be a very, very interesting season. So if you want a better look at all this stuff, please head to the link in our show notes. Oh, oh there it is. There it is. Thank you so, so much for listening to the 297th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Um, I did this one all myself, so I don't really have anybody to thank, but I do want to send a huge thank you to Tom Fishenden for, you know, doing a massive task this, this past few weeks and recording tons of footage, uh, recording dialogue and uh, writing scripts and editing tons of videos together and just working his butt off to create some amazing content surrounded uh, by Jurassic World Evolution 2. So please, please, if you do anything this week, go check out Tom's content. Drop him a line over on social media at uh, Tom Jurassic. Let him know how amazing his hard work has uh, paid off. So thank you so much to Tom for some amazing work this week. And thank you all so much to each and every one of you for listening to this episode and for downloading the show and listening each and every week if you're new thank you so much we always appreciate all you new listeners out there 
And if you want to watch our live streams, we also do those every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a lot like this, but more interactive from the, uh, the live chat, which is always, always so much fun. But like I said, we're taking it easy this week. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm sure we'll have a lot more content coming your way. I want to make sure you all stay safe out there and you're super kind to each and every person that you come into contact with. Thank you again so, so much for listening. And as always, enjoy. I'm going to hand it off to myself for the outro. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.